what Fun fact for you, we are recording. Oh. Well, welcome to uh, episode... <laughs> I'm sorry, I guess I'm laughing. Um, welcome to episode two of... Uh, Capital Wasteland. Capital Wasteland. <laughs> Damn. Um, so we decided episode two for it has to be a little bit of... What the fuck is climate change? Yeah, what, what is climate change? Because you can't really talk about a lot of these topics more in depth without talking about what is climate change. And if you leave this podcast, I kind of want you to at least have a good sense of what climate change is so that you are more informed as you are reading literature on it, hearing about it in the news, um, looking at your voting ballot, anything like that. I want to make sure you know what, I guess, what it is and why well, it's important. If you can explain it to me right now, because I... I'm stoned as shit, and I can get it. I'm pretty sure you can explain it to anyone. So I'm excited. So when you hear about climate change, it's often tied, I guess, to global warming, which is a slightly more outdated term in a lot of ways. It's also incredibly misleading. Exactly. So um, it doesn't specify what it what it is. So you think. You know, and like, so I'm like. You think of like turning the dial up on the entire well, earth in a way. Honestly, what, thinking of like um, rising temperatures, and for years, like that was a, a real issue. You know what I mean? Like, with people not believing that temperatures are rising, I think more and more people are realizing, holy shit, it's getting hotter in the summer now. Um, but, you know, global warming is more about the temperature of the water. <laughs> yeah, and. <laughs> I muted my phone. <laughs> I'm responsible. But, um, yeah, so, climate, or global, wow, I'm getting everything mixed up now. Um, global warming is kind of an outdated term now. Most people prefer to call it, especially scientists, prefer to call it climate change, because that more accurately, I guess, represents the issues and um, is less specific on a one particular potential issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of with the basics of it, a lot of it, tends to, at least in early conversations, boil down to um, greenhouse gas emissions. So there's a few specific greenhouse gases that are primarily talked about, like two of them much more so than others, but the four big ones are carbon dioxide, methane, nitrous oxide, and fluorinated gas. Um, The two, obviously, that we primarily hear about are carbon dioxide and methane. And um, how these gases work is they basically absorb the radiation that a planet emits. So if you think of you know, our planet, it's warmed up and heated by the sun. The Earth then releases its own heat in its own, I guess, wavelengths and stuff, radiation. And greenhouse gas emissions um, kind of absorb that heat and then slowly emit them back out. So um, these greenhouse gas emissions essentially essentially hold on to that heat. If we didn't have greenhouse gas emissions, then the world would actually be at zero degrees Fahrenheit on average or um, negative 18 Celsius. So that sounds bad. (laughs) Yeah. And right now I think the average temperature is like in the fifties. I don't know the exact temperature, but um, in Fahrenheit. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of where it is right now with it. And, um, with the man-made production, well, I guess not man-made production, but with the increased sources of carbon and methane, for example, from human activities, um, we are starting to see an increase of that warming happen because there is more there to kind of capture that extra heat and kind of radiate it back and hold on to it. 
Um, so carbon dioxide, if you read anything in the news, is usually what people are likely to talk about. It's by far the most common source of greenhouse gas emissions and uh, is responsible for the bulk of climate warming. Um, once it's in the atmosphere, the, the, I guess the length of time that it kind of remains tends to fluctuate a little bit, but on average, it's somewhere between 300 and a thousand years. So that's, that's a long ass time. it's a long time. Yeah. So once it's emitted, it's going to take a really, really long time for, I guess, everything to neutralize and go back down to a healthier level. And that's part of why it's focused on so much is just that it is something that's going to stick around. So we're not going to be able to get past it in like a generation or two. It's going to be generations and generations. We won't recognize the world anymore kind of thing. And um, you also see other issues, I guess, related to carbon. So like when carbon dioxide dissolves in water, it forms carbonate and bicarbonate, which causes ocean acidification. And that contributes to issues for things such as corals and mollusks, because those need, um, I guess, like, they're, they're basically calcifying organisms. So they require a specific thing to be in the water. And yeah. what, what are those? <laughs> real, real quick lesson. What the fuck are those? Yeah, so they are um, things that rely on um, specific sources of, I believe it's carbon, if I remember right. Um, and I think calcite in order to form. So that's how you get like the certain things. That's how you get the cool looking corals and stuff like that. They require those layers. We're talking about like the underwater weird things. Yeah. Underwater weird things. All right. <laughs> um, so when the ocean becomes too acidic, they have trouble kind of building those layers. So we're seeing issues there. This is not tied to coral bleaching. Coral bleaching is something caused just by the warming of the ocean. This is more with issues of their formation. So um, that's part of why it's often talked about as an issue, just how long it remains in the environment and I guess the multi-layered effects of it. So it's not just that it exists and the air, it's also that it causes issues in, I guess, aquatic systems. Um, and then we've also got methane, which is also talked about, I think a lot more lately than it has in the past. Uh, methane is 80 times more powerful than carbon dioxide but it lasts considerably, I guess, less <laughs> in terms of length of time. It's, it has a lifetime of roughly 12 years from what I understand. Um, but again, it's way more powerful. Um, it's estimated to contribute to probably roughly 30% or so, like 20 to 30% of um, global temperatures. So we have a lot less methane in the atmosphere and it kind of goes away a lot faster, but while it's there, it just wreaks a lot of havoc basically. And um, methane's produced primarily from the breakdown and decay of organic material. What does meth mean? Because it seems like it should mean <laughs> problem. Whenever right? I have the word meth in, it seems to be real aggressive. <laughs> I wish I knew, but I have no clue. I'm gonna look this up later. <laughs> 100% Yeah, but yeah, it's it's definitely a problem and it's something which we're kind of realizing a little bit more with the extent of like kind of why it's a problem and where it also comes from because it, it caused like it's caused by the breakdown and decay of organic material. So we're finding those issues with methane release, for example, from the creation of dams. A lot of times areas are not cleared out properly before a dam is installed. 
So all of those um, trees that end up being submerged, anything organic ends up being submerged, ends up slowly breaking down and um, releasing methane. We also have a similar issue with our landfills. Our landfills are very controlled environment where they don't always have the ability to decay in necessarily the right way. So especially if organic matter ends up in the landfill, um, we end up with the release and production of methane. That's part of why um, you might find information or hear about um, landfills that are trying to use kind of, um, I guess, ways of capturing the methane and the gases that are released in order to fuel homes and stuff like that. So it's kind of a good way to kind of put a band-aid over the problem that helps with landfills that already exist or ones that are kind of ongoing where it's hard to, I guess, make changes to the regulations that are affecting the green material going into the landfills. Um, but also when you are talking about methane, I think the largest source, I want to say it's like 40% of methane emissions are actually from cows or with livestock. Um, and the issue there is, especially with cows, is they digest carbohydrates, they end up belching, and those belches consist of methane. So, um... So we should blame the cows. Water <laughs> all of them. Not necessarily, because some of it is actually an issue caused by humans, go figure. Because... Wait, why is it, why is it my fault that fucking cows be burping? Isn't that... <laughs> Not, Not necessarily fault. your fault, more the fault of, I guess, um, the, the the people who produce cows, I can't remember what they're called, but um, the people who primarily work with cows and the systems that are set up in order to feed them. Um, one of the biggest issues, for example, is that they um, are fed a lot of corn, and corn is not something that their stomachs digest very well. And that's part of why, um... Is this why we see our, like, corn in our food? Ew, I don't know. <laughs> oh. But, um... I find the answer to that question. Everyone's gonna be wondering. <laughs> but, uh... It basically ferments in the cow's stomach. Gross. And then they belch. And that releases the extra gases that are stored in their stomach. So a lot of it's just because that we feed them, um... Shit, they shouldn't eat. Stuff they shouldn't eat, yeah. <laughs> Alright. And that's why you get a lot of people who talk about like grass-fed beef and stuff like that, which is definitely a step up. Um, it doesn't necessarily solve all of the problems because there are a lot of issues with deforestation tied to the ag like to the um, to agriculture and to um dairy cows and meat cows and cows in general. Um definitely problematic but it's more so in a setting where they are likely to be fed something like corn because that's also where they're more likely to be in a condition where they're not allowed as much room to roam um something else which we might talk about more late later is a little bit deeper into um agriculture and um animal upkeeping i guess i can't think of the exact word but we're going to talk that more in depth because another thing which is often um an issue when it comes to cattle and other animals like or livestock in general is the conditions that they're kept in um 80... are wonderful and there are no <laughs> issues oh just some <laughs> so 80 percent of antibiotics that are like made 
go towards uh, our livestock. Because, that sounds like a lot. Because of the, the level of disease and stuff, because they're not kept in good conditions. That's disgusting. It's disgusting. <laughs> that makes me not want to eat meat. But then I remember what it tastes like, and I'm like, you know what, those antibiotics are doing their job, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's it, it's a bit of a trade-off, because, like, you know, if I you do go... All vegans who listen to this, they're going to be so mad. I feel like we're going to have to have a full episode just on diets. Can we also talk about how vegans, their whole, like, we're better because we don't eat meat, and, like, 75% of the world's agriculture comes from child labor and some shit? Like, exactly. Like, off. there's a lot of, I guess, problems on either end, so you have to find the right balance. For me, personally, like, the idea of eating meat makes me a little bit sad, but at the same time, it's a really good source of protein. It is... You know, it is it is good and it's healthy. Like our bodies are made for it. It's a good source of calories for a lot of third world countries, especially. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with eating meat. I do think in it's excess moderation. it's a problem. Exactly moderation, and um, you know as much as possible. It's always a good idea to get your greens and your fruits and vegetables and stuff like that in season, if possible local, because um, not only is it more likely to be healthy and less likely to involve you know uncomfortable uh labor practices but um you know there's also a lot less gas involved in the transport of it less um space required less packaging required there's a lot less that you're likely to have to to deal with in those kinds of situations so quick side note on that <laughs> but um yeah so that, that's basically where those two main green house gases come from and kind of um you know, what they are and why they're bad. Also, um, I don't have an issue with vegans, just some of the arguments I've heard them talk about and this weird moral superiority thing that they have when they're shifts from job labor. So, at least um, some of it. Otherwise, like. And there are other issues tied to agriculture as well. Um, I feel but... like that's one we should, like, fix immediately. <laughs> um, what the fuck? Uh, but yeah, no. I uh, I was uh, I was vegan for a while. Yeah. Um, There's nothing of wrong with it. Tell everybody about it. Yeah, like I said, it's, <laughs> it's just a matter of moderation, just being informed. Like I said, especially for a lot of like third world countries and indigenous populations and stuff like that, it's really important to have meat in their diets. Have you ever heard this uh, joke about uh, how can you tell someone's vegan? How? You don't have to. They'll tell you. Oh gosh. <laughs> I don't think that's how true that is. Yeah. It's kind of like Mormons. <laughs> oh, gosh. Right? Am I wrong, though? No, you're right. Somehow it comes up. Like, yeah. when you hear a story, like, oh, yeah, like, he, then he found out it was Mormon. He didn't already know. You didn't tell him because it seemed like you always tell everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. Yeah, so anyways, if you hear about either of those, um, that's kind of where it comes from. The fun thing, at least in my mind with methane, is... Um, since it comes from the decay of organic matter, it's kind of important also to planetary studies because if they find methane on another planet, it means that there was some kind of life, essentially. It's something which only exists from life. Um, and I think that's kind of cool, even though methane is kind of a wrecking ball. <laughs> you know, like it runs out of propulsion what, fast, but it causes a lot of havoc. What a perfect analogy, though. This thing is found where all life is. And it just wreaks havoc. Yeah. That's just what life is. <laughs> but um, anyways, the reason that those matter is, again, it, it involves um, kind of the warming of our planet and 
the changes we see in our climate. Um, so those are important because it affects kind of everything from, I guess, top down, like literally. <laughs> so um, for example, we'll see, that's where we see issues with ocean warming. And as we mentioned previously with, um, you know, coral bleaching and stuff like that, as well as, you know, if you adjust the temperature of the air for the environment or the way that the air currents and ocean currents move, um, you're going to affect a lot of living species. So like there's certain species, for example, which require like a certain temperature to live or a certain number of sun or amount of sunlight or lack of sunlight or a certain environment. And those environments can vary, I guess, not, not necessarily quickly, but they will gradually, especially with climate change, move in a more, actually, yeah, I guess kind of quickly, it'll move in a state too fast for the animals to adapt. And, um, that's where we kind of really struggle when it comes to climate change, because that's where we see things like, this, you know, like this new mass extinction going on. Exactly. Right yeah. A lot of scientists are like flat out convinced and the numbers make sense that we are in another mass extinction right now. And the only real, I guess, reasoning for it's not like a, like an asteroid or anything like that. No, it's just humans. <laughs> Man, talk about great ape. We're so good at destroying <laughs> stuff. We're the best at it. Planet like, of the Apes. <laughs> I swear, if there's an alien race who comes in, like to the Earth and destroys us, they completely deserve it because they are clearly better at destroying things than even we are. <laughs> but if any aliens hear this, don't take us back to your planet. We will probably destroy it. Probably. Just give us... It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. We're especially, so good at it. Especially if they're really rich people and there's some valuable stuff on there. <laughs> God, eat the ranch. <laughs> but uh, kind of going back to that warming, that's where you see like the cliche image of like a polar bear clinging to like ice that's melting. And um, I feel like that is not from climate change, though. That's bad decision making on the polar bear's part. <laughs> like, I know I get it. I get I get it. But that it's not melting that fast. Come the fuck down, all right? That was a bad decision for the polar bear. Well, you do get pretty abrupt, like, glaciers that fracture or ice Well, you get that up. anyway, yeah. and that could just genuinely be the bear making bad decisions. Yeah. But... And, like, I also find it funnier that he made a bad, bad decision, and now he's just stuck on an iceberg. And also, how is he stuck on an iceberg? He can, he can swim! swim. <laughs> <laughs> That's where a lot of those, like, cliche images are used, kind of invoke an emotion and invoke a reaction. You're like, don't lose the polar bears, you know, save the penguins, save the turtles, you know. Those are all great. Bears, <laughs> penguins, and turtles. I am for it. <laughs> Screw the dolphins. <laughs> yeah. Dolphins. Orca. Oh, They're boy. awful. And, like, so many other things that are just genuinely awful. Like, I love them, but the African murder horse can go, too. Like, what the fuck, Hippo? Why are you so mean? Right? Anyways, um, but often with, like, a lot of, um, you know, people who are not as informed on the topic, they try to use an analogy of, like, having ice in, like, a glass. And they're like, when the ice melts, the water doesn't go up. Why is this a problem? Right? And it's like, for one, we're getting a lot of extra water added not from like directly like not it's not an ice cube it's like taking a bucket of water and pouring it into the glass because you know we've got a lot of um land-based ice and snow which is melting so we've got um you know mountains where they're finding that they do not have 
this normal level of um i saw that i didn't read it I, I meant to read it but then i clicked out of where i was and i couldn't find it again um but apparently antarctica is at the small or like it has the least amount of ice it has ever had like that we are aware of yeah exactly that's terrifying because yeah i think antarctica is like the world's largest desert because the desert essentially just means unlivable barren and antarctica is that mm -hmm. nothing can live there and it's massive yeah like and the thing that it's the smallest it has ever been is kind of terrifying kind of terrifying yeah what if, like stuff like what if it's so bad someone might actually be able to live in antarctica <laughs> like because you can get to the ground and actually plant shit yeah so that's where a lot of the concern for um you know rising sea levels kind of comes in it's like those are the sources. Um, I'm pretty sure water also kind of expands as it's heated, but yeah, all um, that's just a that's just basic physics. Yeah, but also if you think about um, the heating of the planet, for example. All right, so I guess think of it as a car. You know, a lot of people like to buy white cars if you live in a hot area because it'll kind of reflect the heat, right? But if you have a dark car, car kind of like absorbs heat and holds on to it. It's a common thing too used in like how like home design and stuff like that, especially if it's like a I guess like a passive solar type house where it's heated and cooled primarily off the sun, right? If you think about that scenario and the sun and everything, now picture that in terms of a map. You know, we want as much white space. That sounds really weird when I say it. You want as much that's a little racist. You want as much that will reflect the light as possible. So if you start losing um glaciers and ice caps and stuff like that, and you know, Antarctica size and start having a lot more dark ocean spaces, we start losing some of that extra, um, I guess, reflective power of the land itself. So at that point, that's just going to contribute even further to the warming of the planet. This sounds very much like a domino effect. The exactly. first domino has been hit, <laughs> and we have to get a hit ahead to just stop it because it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. This is going to be so fun. I'm so excited. Right. <laughs> Always wanted to live in a post-apocalyptic uh, novel. Yeah, and and that's kind of, like, I don't want to be grim, but, like, you know, 2050 is kind of the, the age where they're expecting us to hit a lot of those kind of worst, potentially worst-case scenario markers, and things are going to be irreparably done, you know? Like, we'll just have to kind of hold on and hope we tough it out, or we might ex cease to exist as humans, you know? Because we are not going to be able to adapt fast enough. Same with most animals. Most animals won't be able to adapt to the world that we are creating. And that's why so many of them are going extinct. Uh, not just, you know, things changing too fast for them, but also, you know, we're taking away their habitats. We are actively poisoning them with pesticides and um, all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, there are so many layers to kind of why animals are struggling. And a lot of it ties back to human actions and climate change. God, we're so good at destroying stuff. So good. <laughs> we're the best. <laughs> Man, we are number one. Yeah. There's not even, like, the second place isn't even close. Like, it's so far. <laughs> Humans are just so good at destroying stuff. Yeah, so if, if that's not reasoning enough to try and, you know, I guess help as you can for climate change and everything, um, you know, there are a lot of aspects that are also affected. So if you don't care as much necessarily about sea level rise or wildlife, 
Um, if you tie it back to humans, you know, we, we are seeing this, you know, this year, there's been a lot of insane heat waves, insane levels of fires. Like there's a lot of stuff happening, which is not typically normal, like record floods and all kinds of crazy stuff. And, um, some of those are kind of starts of seeing like the more serious effects of climate change. I have a question. Sure. So when the bad shit starts happening, like, um, and we can make a whole episode of this. I love the fucking movie. But day after tomorrow, I'm not saying there's going to be that massive fucking ginormous tornado in L.A. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that's not even possible to happen in L.A. Um, there was a scientist on YouTube talking about it. It's very interesting. I'll have to rewatch it and see if I'm, I remember right. But anyway, um, will climate change cause more tornadoes in places where they have tornadoes because all i can think of is like tornado valley in the you know mid uh u.s mm -hmm. uh or southern midwest you know where tornado valley is but like um like that all those states are they gonna get more hurricanes i'm not sorry hurricanes i know i know <laughs> i live in rhode island we're gonna get more hurricanes um but with um Specifically with like that, are there actually going to be more tornadoes? Um, ish. So, like I said, this is not necessarily like something I know quite as much about. Um, we do know that climate change does start to affect kind of air currents in some ways. Um, but the general consensus is that extreme, or I guess like bad events might not happen to a higher frequency so much as to a worst um, extreme. So like hurricanes, for example, we might not see more hurricanes, but we might see worse hurricanes. That's terrifying. Yeah. As someone who like <laughs> grew up in a place that gets hit by hurricanes a lot, New England, like in Rhode Island, like we get hit by a lot of hurricanes. Um, particularly if you live in Southern Rhode Island. Uh, but like, that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Um, like what, it was like 10 years ago now. They had a hurricane that literally was moving houses, like moving them from the foundation. Yeah. They were so powerful. To say we're going to get more powerful hurricanes, like, that is utterly terrifying. Yeah, exactly. So, um, at least, you know, as, a, as of when I looked it up last, which was probably a few years ago, I don't know if the perspective on that has changed. Like I said, this is not quite my area of expertise. This might be where it might be good to bring in someone who is like a we'll neuro scientist Whoa. about that. Um, like but exactly. I was going to say, down. but, but from my understanding based on what I researched at last, it's kind of what the general thought is. So we're going to get worse tornadoes and worse hurt. Potentially. That sounds so awful. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, think about this. Humans are number one. I just stuff. But I feel like the earth is like, bitch, hold my beer. <laughs> like, I, if you want to fuck with me, I will destroy everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. And we're still the blame for that. So, you know, that, that's another reason to kind of, you know, to care is like we're more likely to see extreme heat waves, maybe crazier cold snaps, all kinds of things. Um, that's kind of where the distinction between weather and climate comes in. A lot of people like to use, oh, you know, the weather's always wild or something like that in order to push a specific message. But, you know, weather is a very brief event. 
climate is the overall arching long-term trends and that kind of thing. So we're uh, seeing a change in like a full So trends. it's like when book four is just utter garbage, but the whole <laughs> series is really great. It's just that one book that sucks ass. <laughs> Got you. Um, so we're going to see more extreme things like that, but we're also, you know, looking at more cases of, um, I guess, to be grim about it, like mortality or changes in kind of our food structures and stuff like that. Like, um, for example, a paper came out, I think a few years ago at this point, basically showing that in part due to climate change, the nutritional value of rice is going to be decreasing and has been decreasing. Which is very, very bad. Exactly. That's a staple food for so many people. Um, so you look at that and you're like, what? <laughs> like, it's bad. Like, there's a lot of predictions that eventually the current um, ideal growing zone for coffee will no longer cease to exist. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> so if Real you want life. your coffee, care about the climate. <laughs> Wait, hold up. What is the point in living if you can't have coffee? <laughs> How would I even do that? Well, and, and that's the thing is like there will still be coffee. Guaranteed, there will still be coffee. There will still be. You're saying is there will be good coffee? That's the same thing. Well, it might be a case where the region in which it it's grown has to shift, but that's going to take a while. So prices might increase, or it might have to be grown in specific like man controlled environments. So that's why the company. Um... There's like the long <laughs> game. We win again. Like, we will get even more money because they'll have to move. First off, they're going to have to pay us to help them move. And then price, we can rise the price of the damn coffee. This is awesome. We're going to do so well. Yeah. It might affect your coffee. <laughs> I don't like this. I don't like this at all. That's just not fair. Can we yeah. not fuck with the coffee? Can we skip that one? And you know, food sources as a whole are going to change, including access to water, too. Like, you know, water is literally essential for life. But, you know, we're already finding a lot of um, water sources that are kind of going away or completely have been polluted. Um, like, for example, one of the things that's been in the media from time to time over the last couple of years is um, Salt Lake. Salt Lake is, you know, at risk or has been going down to like record lows and might cease to exist entirely at some point. And um, that's problematic on its own end because, you know, this is essential for a lot of people who live there and a lot of the animals that live there. But also there's a lot of um, minerals and um, I guess kind of toxic things that will be left as like remnants at the lake, at the bottom of the lake, like at the lake bed. And with high winds and stuff like that, that's just going to blow all of those pollutants right into like Salt Lake City and into neighboring um, towns and homes and cause potentially a lot more cases of, you know, lung issues, maybe even cancers, like bad stuff. <laughs> this is grossly depressing. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately. You just walk around with this knowledge in your brain all, all the time. time. It's awful. <laughs> Yeah, so we're, we're going to probably never do an episode of this sober because then I won't have to remember when I, when I, you know. And that's part of too why I want to get the why is climate change important kind of out of the way really fast, you know, because then we can dig into like specific details. We're more likely to have like interesting, fun side conversations or find ways to kind of make it, I guess, less depressing or bring in like ways that we can help, you know, but you know, if, especially if you're listening to this podcast and then you go out and you read other literature about climate change or 
you watch the news or anything like that, or you just have a conversation with your coworkers, I want you to know kind of the basics of what it is, why it matters. Um, and, uh, yeah, a, a lot of reasons. <laughs> a lot of sad reasons. A lot of sad reasons. Not the least of which is the coffee thing. <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're already finding, like, entire um, valleys, for example, where the elevation has dropped due to agriculture and the, I guess, the removal of water from the ground. Like, the, the, the ground level has literally dropped because of all of this. Like I think California in particular, there's, like, a specific valley that's, like, known for it. Um, and that's just from the removal and redistribution of water. Like, a study came out, I think, sometime this year that was basically also saying that, you know, we have redistrib like redistributed so much water um, on our planet that we have caused a slight change in the tilt of the earth. That's, yeah, I read that too. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> I was like, what? No, we couldn't. We really are so good at those. Yeah, and um, yeah, so, so we're seeing issues down to like nutritional value to what we'll be able to produce to entire areas that are losing access to water, you know, to not, not just including the pollution levels. Like, um, for example, there's one particular river in the U.S., I think it's the Mississippi, if I remember right, which is known as Cancer Alley, because so many pollutants have been dumped into that river that a lot of the neighboring um, homes and towns tend to have insanely high rates of cancer. There's, hold up, let me get this straight. In the wonderfulness of Mississippi, you know, home of Robert Johnson, one of the greatest blues players to ever live, um, also home to one of the greatest authors. I One of my personal favorites of these, Mark Twain. And you're telling me there's a place for the river called Cancer Alley? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and there, there's multiple reasons, like, or places and sources of, of its pollution. I'd have to look up the exact... Um, We're going to talk probably. about this. Exactly, but it includes a lot of agricultural places where they'll literally dump things like um, animal waste into the rivers. That's, um, that's you know, you'll have places that produce metal or process oil and coal and stuff like that that are right along the river. Um, actually, one of the rivers here in Oregon um, is called the Willamette River. It's right by Eugene, Oregon, where I got my degree. Um, you can literally find photos where in the past they used to have a landfill that was directly on the river. Like you can see all the pile of trash and then the river running right by it. Cause they didn't necessarily stop and think like, Oh, Hey, this is going to be really bad for all the salmon. And like stuff. how long ago was this? Um, I don't remember the exact time frame. It was somewhere, I want to say between like the forties and the seventies. So you say they might not have known, but they probably, they were probably at least starting to realize. And it was a case where they ended up having to eventually like kind of, excavate and relocate the landfill that's disturbing <laughs> and too like if you think about like things just in the past like when i talk about like or hear about my grandparents or my parents talk about um all the littering and um you know my dad talked about how his mom would drive him around and he'd go around and pick up a bunch of cans on the side of the road so they could buy this or that like a lot of people just didn't have that same kind of thought or regard for what the end of life was of an item 
Have you ever driven through the Bronx? <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> not pretty. <laughs> the highway is literally that. It's just littering there. I do not yeah. understand it. I feel like everyone who just drives through there just, like, throws it. Like, hey, we're in the Bronx. This is what we do. Like, I don't <laughs> know. It's it's sad. I, it really I, is. Yeah. And, like, we'll probably some talk a whole episode just about kind of waste and uh, and stuff like that, as well as ways companies and, um, I guess, governments and stuff are trying to handle the issue of waste. Um, you know, there's one key way in particular that a lot of people have been pushing for lately and I think has a lot of promise. But again, we'll talk about that in a later episode. But um, yeah, it's, it's a problem. And, um, you know, even things that we used to think were green are not actually green. Like, you know, there was a lot of things, for example, on like, you know, using water to power um, things like having dams and stuff like that. And yeah, it is a great source of power. But ecologically, it's not necessarily one that I would categorize as green personally, because you're affecting the entire ecosystem of the entire river down to the sediments of the river to the way animals and fish can like go back upstream to water temperatures. Yes. Is there like a way we could use them? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like figure out like, okay, if we put a dam here, mm-hmm. like it would actually put, make the water go a different way, which would actually be better for the environment. Just random question. Um, I think they would have to do honestly, um, tests per location. They're considering that. I think there might be ways where a dam could be beneficial or maybe it's like a um, less invasive dam. Maybe it would be okay in moderation, you know. Um, A lot of dams, unfortunately, have already been put in. So at this point, it's like one of those cases of at what point is it better to leave it? Because at least functioning is not making us rely on coal versus taking it down. Like you can literally kind of um, do the math, run the numbers, bring in biologists and ecologists and be like, Hey, you know, is this going to make enough of an environmental impact if we remove it? I think that's where we're going to see more benefit than potentially adding new ones. Um, like one of the big ones lately that's been causing a lot of issues, for example, is the, the massive one that they put in in China a while ago. Um, that was a disaster. <laughs> you know, I definitely don't think we should be doing anything like that. Something small that, might have more of a positive impact especially i have no idea what happened in china (laughs) i don't remember the exact name of it but there is a massive dam in china like i think it might be the biggest in the world at this point or one of the top five kind of thing and um you know they installed it but in doing so they basically forced a bunch of communities to move often without kind of providing them funds or anything in order to compensate them for their loss um and you know they just put up the dam and it affected everything downstream but also created a big reservoir on the other end of the dam which just flooded everything and so wait, wait. they took water from one place and put too much in another yeah they were like we'll just store it all here <laughs> and um the issue we there couldn't just keep it going right like somehow so like you can get the power like <laughs> We had to do it this way. There could have been better ways to do it. And even, honestly, even if they had cleared everything out on the other end, like, that alone would have even helped. If they had cleared out everything where the water was going to just kind of remain before it slowly makes its way out, that would have been better. But instead, they didn't clear it out fully and properly. So a bunch of 
vegetation and trees ended up getting submerged, which again is kind of where the methane emissions comes back because as they're submerged, they are not breaking down in the way that they're supposed to. So they are eventually releasing methane, which we already know is a very, very powerful greenhouse gas. So we've got kind of ethical community issues, and then we've also got um, major environmental issues for something which some communities think of as a green source of energy that really isn't. It's pretty messed so up. So sad. Yeah. <laughs> I really wish I hadn't asked. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> Keep going. Let's see how depressed we can be. But yeah, going back to your damn question, like I feel like if it's a more remote location where it's harder to get some other source of energy, like you might be able to find like the right balance or offset. But I think it's going to be a very, very, very fine line. And at this point, I honestly don't think that as much should be put into the creation of dams. Um, I prefer personally to see a lot more solar, wind, and nuclear. Um, nuclear often gets a bad rep for, you know, the the, the, the big bads. <laughs> Even though it's always caused by yeah, user error. Yeah, it's always caused by user error. Like in reality, like a lot of them are extremely safe. They have a lot of safety measures for them. And it's honestly the cleanest way to produce energy. Because even with solar, for example, a lot of people see solar as like one of the big, great ones. And it is like, I, I'm definitely saying like, you know, you should never put in solar panels or anything. Like, please do it. Like, this is great, you know? But um, one of the big issues that they're finding, at least in the waste industry now with solar panels is that you know, once those uses are done, we don't have a good way yet of um, kind of dismantling them, recycling them, making new use out of them versus landfilling them. It's considerably cheaper to just landfill a solar panel than it is to reuse or repurpose them. It's really gross that this always seems to break down to a moment. It does. Like, it really it's does. like, hey, the planet is dying if we do it this way, but... Mm -hmm. We don't have the money, this made-up concept that we yeah. have. Like, are you fucking Yeah, because you're thinking, like, it might cost, like, them a few dollars if they send it to a landfill. If they send it somewhere to be recycled, I don't know the exact numbers, but I would guess it would be anywhere between 15 and $50. But if you've got 100 solar panels, you're like, well, that's too much, you know? That's also just genuinely a lot. Like, it doesn't make sense. We should be just recycling these and, like, they're... Like, money really shouldn't be a factor here. Yeah, like, one, one company, for example, that kind of finds a way around it is they, they, you know, they accept used solar panels. And from there, they'll kind of take a good look at it, find out, you know, are they still functional? So, like, a good chunk of solar panels actually are. They've just reached too close to being at the end of it due to weathering and stuff like that. So, you know, they'll just find a secondhand market for them and, and kind of sell them again. Um, and I think that could be really cool, especially for helping find cleaner sources of energy for kind of developing countries. I think that could be a really cool way to handle it, but it does fall on a fine line between us giving them our trash and actually giving them something useful. Like, I feel like if we're going to give them a used solar panel, we need to make sure they're going to get a good amount of um, stuff from it or have a way for it to come back to the person who sold it to them. That way they can handle it. And that's something called extended producer responsibility. It's basically the idea that whoever creates or sells a product or something like that, they are the ones responsible for the disposal of it. It encourages, um, you know, kind of more eco-friendly packaging, kind of less packaging, finding ways to handle it and recycle it efficiently and cheaply. 
um, among other things. So there's a lot of good benefits to it. Like, so we'll have a whole conversation later about that. But, um, yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, and it'll be less depressing. <laughs> These are ways we might be able to help. <laughs> but, like the <laughs> well, it's also something that's more in the hands of policymakers and stuff like that. That's where voting God, matters. So voting God, matters. Um, and, uh, and yeah, but anyways, like point is, you know, they, they have these solar panels and we're having issues with kind of the disposal of them. So that's kind of the biggest hang up when it comes to solar is like, there's a lot of waste from it. They have similar issues too with, um, wind power. Cause a lot of the blades, they can't really break down very well. They're not a very easily recycled or reused material. Um, and these things are massive, <laughs> you know? So um, I just want to point out my buddy Don Quixote took one down. <laughs> like he was great. Yeah. But the point is it's something again, not easy to recycle, a little bit difficult, but you're going to get a lot of use out of it. Um, one of the other big things that people always complain about is like, but the birds, those poor birds, like realistically, most birds are not dying from windmill collisions. <laughs> but I want to point out like, if that's your issue, then you should never get on a plane because there's an actual... Or have windows on your house. <laughs> yeah. There's an actual job description of shooting birds at a windshield of a plane to make sure the, it, the windshield will be okay. Yeah. Like, because that happens. Like... Yeah. And, and the birds if... will just fucking fly around right. it. They're not dumb. Exactly. Okay, some of them are pretty dumb. But, like, they'll figure it out. I'm yeah, sure. like, you'll have some who unfortunately do get kind of hurt or build like those are a lot of, it's like those people who lick their finger and put it in a light socket darwin's law at work <laughs> yeah the majority of birds are not dying due to collisions with windmills you, you know? know what they are dying from what? climate change exactly <laughs> <laughs> so maybe the windmills even if they are they're probably not going to do as much as climate change and exactly. the destruction of their environment Exactly. Go so, <laughs> you know, so, uh, solar and wind are great ways to go. Um, nuclear is probably one of the best choices. Um, but, you know, I think it'll be a combination of all three of those that really kind of get us away from coal. And I also want to point out, if we have nuclear, right, and, like, one of the big issues is not so much, that, like, just a disaster of what happens when something mm -hmm. goes wrong, is the cleanup, too. You know, like, you know what we could do? We could go with nuclear and then just research ways to, or better ways to clean that shit up. Yeah. And like, there would be less issue if there's is an error and also make sure people are paying attention. So there isn't user <laughs> error. Like you mean staff it with robots. <laughs> I don't know. I've talked to AI. It's not always intelligent. Not always. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it has said some dumb things, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of hilarious. But anyway, I'm sorry. Keep going. Yeah. So um, that's kind of the direction I think we're going to go rather than having dams. So good. yeah, <laughs> very, very good. But you know, unfortunately a lot of the damage is done like a good chunk of Oregon at this point. Plus, is... If there is an apocalypse, I've already played that game. And when Caesar and NP, uh, NCR go there, it's a big thing. Good. Just because you didn't play Fallout New Vegas doesn't mean I have no taste. <laughs> I gave it fucking amazing. Um, yeah, and anyways, that, that's kind of where Actually, it comes to... is it to... the Hoover Dam? Is the Hoover Dam near Vegas? I think so, yeah. Okay, make sure I had the right dam. It's been a while since I played the game, and I'm yeah. very stuck. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, that's kind of a lot of the main reasons, you know, why climate change is an issue. We're looking at like major issues related to and why you should care and why you should care. Yeah. Cause like, you know, I can't, I can't force you to care about something, but when, when you look at the, the statistics and the facts and um, the multiple, multiple you have ways, coffee, like right? straight up. If I don't have coffee, I got a headache. Well, that sounds like a problem, bro. Probably a sign I should drink less coffee. <laughs> but at the same time, what would I do with my life if I didn't have coffee? <laughs> or if I had to drink less, it'd be sad. You'd be tired all the time. I'm already tired. <laughs> How would that be different? Um, yeah. hey, are we John then? We might be. Like, like the, like I guess to sum it all up, you know, you sh- you should care because. The animals world is are dying. suffering. The world is dying. Um, things like are going to get hot the, and cold and unpleasant. And, and he lights it on fire. Like, the earth is fucking <laughs> dying. I forgot about that. Oh, God. Yeah. Such a good one. Yeah, no, it's it's a disaster. Um, but I know that there are multiple ways where we can kind of claw our way out of it. Um, you know, there, there's a few, I guess... I guess key ways people are think that we might be able to like one of them is techno optimism. So there's the idea that we might over time um, develop new ways and new processes of either removing carbon and greenhouse gases from the air or um, finding ways through technology to maybe minimize our impact so we don't continue to add to it. Um, just, just things like that. There's, you know, people who've kind of given up on it and are focused more on how can we make sure less people die from this? How can we preserve what we have currently, you know? Um, Seems like a good... I think that's... I feel like, honestly, the answer is going to be like a mix of a lot of different things. Like, it's going to be a mix of techno-optimism. It's going to be a mix of preparing. Like, if we prepare um, for the worst and try to actively stop the worst from happening, we'll be pretty... Hopefully, we yeah. have to survive. Yeah, and then there's a couple of other ways that, you know, people have mentalities about, like, you know, how it's going to go, what's going to fix it. Um, I'll tell you what. As long as some, like, somebody gets some coffee beans and they're I just picture like the world goes to absolute shit. Wars get started over like. And there's oh, me planting coffee beans. There's, like, yeah. <laughs> I just picture you in like this deep beans. underground bunker, and you're and everyone's like, "How are you surviving? Coffee? <laughs> How? Like, coffee died twenty years ago. That's what you think. No, I understand. That's all we've got. We only brought coffee beans. <laughs> How are you eating? You don't want the answer to these questions. Uh. All right, well, where's Fen? Fen Rear! Sign us off! Oh, come on! Sign us off! Sign us off! Bro! Sign us off! Sign us off! Yeah, there we go!